0: If you have your Bibles this morning, I turn your attention to the book of Joshua, chapter 24. We want to begin reading in verse 13, Joshua chapter 24, reading verses 13, 14, and 15. Amen. Doesn't it feel good to be in God's house today and be in the presence of worship going up to the Lord? I don't know about you, but I just hear so much stuff through the week, I can't wait to just get in the atmosphere of God's people worshiping the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible said where two or three are gathered together, he will be there in the midst of them as we worship him, amen. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 13, and I have given you a land for which ye did not labor and cities which ye built not and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not do, you, or do ye eat. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. You know, some people think it's evil That's right. to follow the Bible. That's right. If it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, referring to the Red Sea, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you can raise your hand today and say, "As for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. I want to speak this morning on this subject simply, the right to choose. The right to choose. Let's lift our hands right now. Lord, we choose to worship you today. We chose to get up out of our beds and get dressed and come to this house today. We've come, Lord, for one purpose, and that is to exalt you and to glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for every good gift that cometh down from the Father of lights. We've assembled together today, Lord, to say great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and to declare your glory in this atmosphere. We pray, God, that you would anoint our hearts and minds to receive your word. Let the Spirit of God rest upon us. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said amen you may be seated thank you for standing the bible says that every good gift cometh down from the father of lights i want to say to you today that the greatest gift that has ever been afforded to mankind came from god and it was the gift of the holy spirit and i'm glad to tell you that god is still pouring out the gift of the holy ghost hallelujah He is still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And when you read in your Bible, the book of Acts, at the beginning of those New Testament churches. Under the missionary work of Paul and those Jews that were disciples that were a part of that New Testament church in Jerusalem, I've come to tell you that the same God that was pouring out His Spirit, hallelujah, the same God that was opening up prison doors in the middle of the night as Peter went out without even touching a door, the same God, hallelujah, that
1: was raising the dead and raising the sick, and the same God gave the power to witness to kings uh, and to witness to governors uh, is the same God that you and I feel every day hallelujah because that same spirit abides in us today
0: And the Holy Ghost is available for every single individual. It matters not what your background is the color of your skin, your nationality what language you speak, where you came from what your socioeconomic level is what your educational background is it's the same God, hallelujah all you've got to do is have a desire and say God I want to be filled with your spirit. I'm tired of doing things my own way, trying to follow my own flesh, my own inclinations I need the
1: supernatural touch of God's presence on my life and I've come to tell you that God, hallelujah We'll move heaven and earth to find one individual that desires an
0: outpouring of His Spirit. That is the greatest gift. His Spirit abiding in us so that every day we have that Spirit in us, not just moving upon us, but literally taking up residence. The Spirit of God filled them. The Bible sometimes described it as being baptized in the Spirit. And the Bible says that when they received that spirit, the initial evidence of it was that they spoke in tongues or words that they did not understand. I'm happy to tell you that when people receive the Holy Ghost all over the world, they speak in tongues, sometimes words and languages that we don't understand. Sometimes we do understand. I, I, I still remind myself of that great experience we had in China when that lady who knew not a word of English received the Holy Ghost and began to shout out with perfect English, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Great is God. Jehovah. And she started speaking all of these praises and declaring who Jesus was and the greatness of his majesty and power. And afterwards I thought, you must know some English. She knew not a word of English. The pastor said she knows not English. But when she received the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, there was something within her spirit that began to praise God in another language. You can say
1: it's not true. You can say it's a figment of our imagination. I've seen it too many times in too many countries, in too many situations. There are God is real and there's power wonder working power
0: that's the greatest gift you can receive but I also want to tell you today what I believe is the second greatest gift the second greatest gift that was ever given by God to humanity is the gift of free will we have been given the gift to be able to choose what a great gift that was God created us with the ability to choose. Now he created us and the creator can create creation however he wants to. He could have made us all robots where we'd all just march to church this morning and sit there and automatically put our hands up, automatically say hallelujah. But he wanted to know that you would do it from a heart. That was full of love. And so he said, I'm giving you all a free will. Very dangerous thing to give people a free will. But God did it because he loved humanity. And so now when you and I come and we enter into the presence of God. And you've had a hard week. And you've had a bad day or a rough morning. And you're not sure if you can make it. But you come anyhow. And you begin to sing the songs of Zion and you begin to respond to the preaching of the Word of God and you begin to feel His presence sweep over you and you lift up
1: your hands and a tear rolls down out of your eye and onto your cheek and you say, God, I love you. I thank you, Lord, and I worship you with all my heart. What a great blessing that is because it comes from the choice of your free will. We can choose our
0: wardrobe our wake-up time, our work schedule, our worship schedule, our workout schedule, our car, our cereal, our camera, our computer, our curtains, our favorite color. We can elect, reject, project, correct, neglect, respect, object, recollect, misdirect, but we can't resurrect. (laughs) Woo! We can make up our mind, change our mind, and sometimes feel like we're losing our mind. We can be in a hurry, take our time, buy some time, spend some time, save some time, put aside some time, but we can't stop time. We can choose to serve God or we can choose to serve sin. We can choose to
1: live right or we can choose to live wrong. I'm glad for some people in South Bavard that have said we choose to be a Christian.
0: Joshua told the children of Israel on the verge of receiving the promise that had evaded for almost 500 years. He said, you can choose. We are going over the Jordan into the promised land. God's going to give us a great victory. But before we go over, we need to exercise our right to choose. Your forefathers had a right to choose. Your fathers had a right to choose. Many of them chose to serve the gods of the society that they were a part of, Egypt. But you don't have to choose that. Ladies and gentlemen, it may be easy to choose the lifestyle of your peers or even your parents. But you don't have to. You may not have been raised in a Christian church. You may not have had a mom and dad that loved God. But here you
1: are today. And you're saying, I choose to worship God I choose to be a disciple of Christ you may not
0: even have children that are serving God today you may have children that are breaking your heart right now because they're
1: not where they need to be but you choose to come to the house of God anyhow I've come to tell you that God's going to honor any man or a woman that says I choose it may not be popular it may not be what my friends are telling me to do but I choose to be like you It may also be
0: convenient, as Joshua told these individuals, it may be convenient to choose the lifestyle of your culture. He said, you can serve the gods of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. We're on their territory. But you don't have to. You can choose to serve the Lord. I'm so thankful that God gave us the ability to choose. That regardless of what may be going on in our environment and regardless what may be going on in our families and regardless of what may be going on in our past, regardless of who our parents or grandparents were, regardless of whether our children are serving God, our friends are serving God, or whether even your spouse is serving God, you can say, I choose to serve Him. You know, I, I don't know if you remember this, when I was young, I remember we used to sing an old song. I think it was Dan Dean that, that, that wrote the words, but I had to go on and find the lyrics because it just started resonating in my life and in my spirit when I was putting together this message. And this song said, I choose to be a Christian. Any you remember, remember that song? Yeah, yeah. I choose to be like him. There's nobody making me do it. This is how I want to live. Oh, I wish I could sing right now. <laughs> You decide for you and I'll decide for me. You see, the choice is mine and this is what I choose to be. And then the verses, I got to read them to you. I, met, I may even sing them to you. I don't know if I can remember the tune. And Listen to these words. I met a man the other day who looked at me and said, so many times I've seen your kind before. He said, you can't do this and you can't do that. You're bound by rules and restrictions. Oh, what a dreary life you Christians must observe. Well, I looked them in the eye and I said, you're wrong. I can do anything that turns me on. I can smoke till my eyes turn red and my face turns blue. I can chew and dip and I can snort and puff. Hey, I can party till the sun comes up. But there's better
1: things in life I'd rather. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, sometimes you've got to get an attitude. I can do anything I choose to do, but I choose to serve God. And I want to tell you something, there's no devil in
0: I tell you some more <laughs> then they go into the chorus again, they change the words a little bit I choose to be a Christian, I choose to be like him, there's nobody holding a gun to my head this is how I love to live, you decide for you, I'll decide for me, you see the choice is mine and this is how I choose to live that's a great thing when you're preaching, speed up a song if you want to <laughs> verse 2 well, I must admit that from time to time the thought of heaven keeps me towing the line that the Lord is coming sounds too good to be true. But if it all was just a fairy tale, if there was no heaven and there was no hell, I'd still be
1: happy living like I do.
0: <laughs> Woo! So don't look at me in sympathy and think that I've been cheated from doing all those things that you call fun. Because some night when you're getting down on the darker side of town, this choice I've made will be lifting me out of here.
1: <laughs> oh, my. Woo. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I serve, God. It's a joy every day to get up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to worship you, Lord. I choose to be like you. I'd like for this great church today to
0: send a message to hell that with our praise and with our prayers,
1: We choose the freedom of salvation over the tyranny of sin. We choose a life of joy over a life of sorrow. We choose righteousness over regret. We choose to worship God. Oh, come on, lift your voices unto Him. And with a shout of triumph, you ought to glorify God. Woo! hallelujah.
0: that great gift of freedom to choose comes the responsibility to choose wisely. Solomon said in the book of Proverbs, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. To make things more complicated, we have Freedom of choice. We have the right to choose. But there are ways of our flesh causes us to think we're doing right when we're not doing right. Can I rise this morning to tell you that is why you must always
1: have your life tethered back to the Word of God. Because what may appear to be right may not always be right. So you got to examine it through biblical principle. And when you feel something, if it don't match up with the scripture, you got to put your feelings in the back and you got to say, God, I don't understand it. I don't feel it. I don't always know the reason why. But if the Bible says it, I believe it.
0: Some of the things that can often time distort our thinking is The lack of sacrifice can often bring a lack of sound judgment. God said to Joshua, tell them, I have given them victories that were not won with their sword and with their bow. I have given them land for which they did not labor, cities for which they did not build. You see, a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, we don't understand everything that's involved because we didn't sacrifice for what we enjoy. Oh, I feel a preaching spirit coming on me. I recognize that our church is blessed because... Of the past generation and elders that sit here that were able to sacrifice and hew
1: out of just working hard every day with their hands and their mind to say, let's build a church in Palm Bay that will bring glory to God.
0: It didn't just happen in the vacuum of my generation. It took place because of an accumulation of time and sacrifice and generations of people over and over again. And sometimes, if we're not careful, as we get down the line of several generations removed from that sacrifice, what God was telling Joshua to tell him is that you got a right to choose, but you got to understand
1: you're enjoying some things that you did not earn. I say to everybody today under the sound of my voice, you're enjoying some things today that you did not earn. Sometimes you got to just step back and say, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for the goodness of God, I don't have a right to complain. I don't have a right to feel sorry for myself. I don't have a right to turn my nose up at God. He's been so good to me. The very fact that I'm still alive is the mercy and favor of God. We live in a
0: country where we enjoy daily blessings that we are not worth. Our generation is living in affluence that we did not earn. Freedom that we did not fight for. Cities that we did not build. Land that we did not labor for. And oftentimes this will cause humanity to become egotistical and smug about the moral law of God's word. We think that the blessings inoculate us from the responsibilities. That somehow prosperity will excuse us from the principle upon which it was founded upon. The distance of time distorts our judgment. I'll never forget back in 1999 when I was finishing up law school. I had the opportunity to study Montreal at McGill School called School of Law in Montreal, McGill College, and while we were there in the summer of 99 under the tutelage of the late Supreme Court Chief Justice William Rehnquist, he was teaching us about different things relating to the history of the Supreme Court, and I remember one particular day that we were looking at a controversial Supreme Court decision that came down in 1944 in a case called Korematsu versus the United States. In this case, the court ruled in a 6 to 3 majority that the internment of Japanese Americans, even though they were citizens, were constitutional. On the West Coast in California, they set up internment camps and there were challenged to that internment because of the individual rights of individuals that they have under the Constitution. And so, the Supreme Court made a decision 6 to 3 that said that these internment camps were constitutional and that the need of national security was greater than an individual's right. That was a very controversial decision and though the Supreme Court never overruled themselves, which they're not likely to do, in 2011 the U.S. Justice Department filed official notice that it was in error, that the Supreme Court decision of 1944 was incorrect thus erasing the case's ability as precedent to determine future cases involving interning citizens of the United States of America. But in 1999, as I sat in that classroom with some 35 other students and we were discussing this case, Chief Justice William Rehnquist was not so sure at that time, or maybe until he died, which was only a few years later that the court was wrong after hearing all the students speak passionately about this terrible decision that the court had made. He waited till everybody had talked in the room. He recognized every individual as they offered their opinion. Then he said this, and I went back recently and reviewed my notes so I would have this absolutely accurate for you today. He said, I want to say two things. First of all, the Supreme Court is made up of nine individuals, men and women, who are human and prone to make mistakes just like anyone else. And in the heat of the moment like the climate of a world war when the very existence of a nation is in question every day people oftentimes make their greatest mistakes and then he paused and then he said this and i'll never forget however with the passage of time we become arrogant with our analysis and so-called wisdom lacks the depth and the breadth of understanding that can only be forged in the foxholes and the fire of the ones who experienced it. We sit in our ivory towers of freedom and security and we placate ourselves with theories and conjectures. But we would do well to remember that we looked through a glass darkly. And when he made that reference to scripture, I stood up in the classroom and started applauding. Because I'm
1: Pentecostal. Even though I'm in law school, I'm still Pentecostal.
0: <laughs> well, I was the only one that did that. And most of the other students just sort of looked at me and, you know, glared at me. And I sort of sat down, you know. But never has that advice been more needed than in recent years when we as a nation have lost our tether to the truth. What was obvious to some two decades ago has become obvious to all two days ago. We have lost our way as a nation. The Bible said professing ourselves to be wise, we have become fools. But I rise this morning to say this, rather than mourn
1: the loss of morality in our culture, we choose to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I can't tell you what America's gonna do. I can't tell you what Christianity in America is going to do. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There ought to be something inside of everybody that makes up their mind. I've got a right, and I choose to live right. Jesus. Jesus.
0: You got to be able to serve God when nobody else is serving God. You got to be able to serve God when your past did not dictate it and your present does not dictate it. You're not in a favorable environment. But I've come to tell somebody that every time throughout history that Christianity got in the midst of an unfavorable environment, they had their greatest revival. So there ain't no reason in feeling bad and mourning the fate of our country. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm going to lift you up with the way that I live. I'm going to lift you up with the things that I
1: say. I've got a right to choose and I choose to serve God. I choose to tell everybody I can. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I choose to witness. I choose to live the life. I choose to glorify God. I choose to saturate this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got to choose who you are, what you
0: believe, and what you will do. And then Joshua said this. And if it seems evil to you to serve God it's easy to serve God when serving God doesn't require you to make any decisions it's contrary to the inclinations of our culture sometimes when you're inundated with messages that are all around us you can go to the Word of God and voices will come into our head that says maybe the Word of God is just out of step maybe it was written so many years ago that it can't tell us our guidance and direction in 2015. And sometimes trying to follow the word of God can appear to be, if not evil, at least uncomfortable. And Joshua said, if it seems evil to you to serve God, if the way of godly living seems evil to you, if biblical morality seems evil to you, If the absolute nature of God's word seems evil to you, then choose you this day who you will serve. Ladies and gentlemen, you still have a right to choose. You can choose God or not choose God. You can choose to live right or you can choose to live wrong. You can choose to resist temptation or you can choose to give in to temptation. You can choose to come to this building today and worship God or you can choose to go somewhere else. In a moment, you can choose whether to come to this altar or to slip out the back door. You have
1: the right to choose. But choose you this day whom ye will serve because the urgency of the moment is forcing people out of the middle. You're going to have to make a decision. Are you on the side of righteousness
0: or are you on the side of iniquity? Choose you this day whom you will serve. Joshua said, you're going to have to know it. We're going into a hostile environment. We're getting ready to cross the Jordan River. We're going to be fighting Jericho, nine other cities. We're going into our promise. But before you get into your promise, you're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some resistance. And so choose you this day who you're going to serve. Do you want to serve the God that your forefathers did on the other side of the flood or the Red Sea? The gods that kept them in captivity? The false gods that gave them only slavery and suffering? There was a whole bunch of them Jews that were in Egypt for 400 years under slavery that just acquiesced to the culture that they were in. He said, you can serve that God if you want. You've got a right to choose. And I say to this great congregation today, You can choose sin if you want, that's your choice. But you will get the same result that everybody else does that chooses sin. Pain, hurt, confusion, disgruntled, wandering, miserable, complaining. That was the generation that came out of Egypt because that was the God that they served. You say, well, I thought God rescued them because they were all one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller, born-again believers. No. You can tell because when Moses was up on Mount Sinai, it didn't take the preacher being gone a few days that they told Aaron, the high priest, make us a golden calf. They went right back to worship the gods that they had worshipped in Egypt. Sometimes God delivers people
1: even against their own will. Sometimes God is trying to help us even before we're ready to receive it. Sometimes God is making a way before we even realize that it is a way.
0: I don't know about you but to me that's not a good choice some of you know what it is to come out of life of sin most of us know what it is to come out I mean you can choose that way if you want but that's not a good choice why go back to all of the mire and all of the confusion and all of the hurt and all of the pain and all of the heartache to choose to serve sin is nothing more but continued slavery or He's giving them choices. If you'd like, you can buy into the present false gods that we have here with the Amorites. We are in their land. They have their idols. If you don't want the gods of your forefathers in Egypt, then you can serve the gods of the Amorites. There's plenty of opportunity for it. We're in a hostile land. We're in the midst of a lot of false worship. And if you want... This modern philosophy, I can hear Joshua, I can hear him getting anointed. If you want the gods of these Amorites, then you've got that choice. But I don't think that's a very good choice. Because children of Israel knew that they were only going to be there temporarily.
1: They were just a passing through. I don't know about you, but I really don't want to give in to serving the philosophy of this current culture. Because if you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to know this is just a temporary place. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue. you got to get up in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit that every day that I live is to glorify God and to win somebody to Christ because it's not going to be long and the Lord is coming back. This world is not my home. This world is not my home. you got to make it a focal
0: point of your life. So he's saying to them, you got a choice. You can choose the gods of your forefathers. You can choose... God's of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. But then he said this, and this just resonates in my spirit. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now you got to get this. This is the thing that became clear to me. And I've read this verse my whole life. He was saying, you can choose, if it seems evil to you, to follow God's word, His commandments. If it seems evil to you, then you got a choice to make. And he gave them the options, but then he said, but as for me and my house, we will. It's not a choice for us. We already made that decision.
1: He didn't say, ask for me in my house. We got a choice to make too. He said, but ask for me in my house. We will.
0: Oh my God, I wish we could send a message to hell today.
1: This is not an option to us. This is who we are. In Him we live and move and have our being we will serve the lord Well, you gotta make up in your mind not serving is not an option giving up on god's not an option backslides not an option we will serve the lord oh come on you got to get it in your heart come on you got to get it in your spirit we will serve the lord
0: We're not going to stand in the valley of indecision. We've already settled this. We're not wondering what to do. We've already made up in our mind. I don't know about you, but I don't get up every day and say, I wonder if I should serve God today. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I don't get up every day and say, I wonder whether or not I should pray today. I don't get up on Sunday morning and say, Well... I wonder whether or not I should go to church. You say, well, you know, you're the pastor. You got to go. That's probably true. But long before I was the pastor, I was the pastor's son, and we still didn't have a choice. If you wanted to eat, you went to church. If you wanted to live with a roof over your head, you went to church. And I don't know, you may want to call that child abuse if you want to, but I'm thankful
1: that I had a mom and dad that said, we already made up in our mind. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I would that some apostolic Pentecostals in Palm Bay would lift their voice and tell hell, it's not an option. We made up in our mind. This is who we are. We're not in the valley of indecision. We're not trying to figure out what to do. We know in whom we are. We know what we believe. We know what we desire. Stand to your feet this
0: morning. We're not persuaded by the Amorites. We're not going back to the slavery of sin. None of those are options. We know this is not our home. We're not changing our faith based on who our neighbors are. Doesn't matter even whether or not our family members serve God. We don't have a choice. We've already crossed that bridge. We chose to serve him. And until the Lord tells Gabriel to blow that trumpet we're just going to keep on doing what we do, and that's worshiping God, believing God, and serving the Lord. Now, How do we do that? What I believe Joshua was telling the children of Israel is, there's been a lot of trouble that got us to this point. There's more trouble ahead of us. But right now, we can choose for all of us individually to put on the breastplate of righteousness we're going into battle we're going to cross the Jordan we're going to go up against Jericho and they've got big walls they're a formidable foe God's going to do what we can't do for ourselves but what we can do we will do well he was telling the children of Israel you've got to gird up your loins with truth Come on, you got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. you got to make up in your mind. If I'm the last man standing, I'm going to be a servant of Jesus Christ. If there's nobody else, I'm going to still walk with God. Because I don't have a choice. That's how you put on the whole armor of god that's how you put on the breastplate of righteousness you just simply say we're going to serve the lord we choose life we choose salvation we choose jesus we choose the book of life we choose to be a christian and i want to ask this great church this question today how many of you will put on that breastplate of righteousness and settle this morning once and for all as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm. Jesus. If you're ready to make that decision this morning, you've already made the decision, but you want to give affirmation to that decision. Everybody that says, I want you to be able to Announce this with not just your voice and not just your words But I want you to actually be able to declare it with your actions today As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord if you say preacher I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness I want everybody that has made that decision to step out of where you're standing right now and come to this altar Come on. Hell needs to see You've already made up your mind ain't no sense in sending no devils around my house. Ain't no sense in dispatching any more of your unclean spirits. Come on, that's it with your feet. I'm stepping over the line this morning. That's it. People are coming from over. Come on, that's it. Come on, I want you to come down here right now because I'm going to pray for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. That's it. Just press down just as close as you can. Just press down just as close as you can. Come on, there's people coming in behind you. Let them press down right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's it. I'll give you a couple of more minutes. That's it. Press down just as close as you can. I want it to be a clear decision that you're making. We're not just going to mosey about. We're actually walking toward. We're literally stepping across the line and we're saying, God, you can count on me. I'm going to
1: serve the Lord. I'm going to pray for every single individual that's made up their mind. It's not an option. This is not something I'm wondering whether or not I should do. But I'm saying, God, you can count on it. I'm going to serve you if I'm the last person. Come on, lift your hands all over this building. I'm going to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to saturate you with a double portion of the Spirit of God. That's it. Lift up your voice. By the authority of the Word of God and by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, And by the power of the name of Jesus. Receive you the Holy Ghost. Receive you the Holy Ghost. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost flow.